Do you remember the first story that was so spellbinding that it drove you to break the rules and stay up all night? To keep reading, keep listening, keep playing? So good you forgot your life and lived there? So good that the moment it ended, you asked yourself, what next? Welcome to the floor. Our goal is to take you back, take you deeper, to explore and understand more, and relive that childlike wonder. Join us as we dive deep into humanity's greatest stories, no matter how they are told, through books, movies, television, even games. One of us does an in-depth research on our topic. One of us is familiar with the topic. And one of us knows nothing. So the right questions will always be asked and will be addressed for anyone coming into the topic, regardless of how much you know. Enjoy another world, another adventure, another spellbinding story. Join us on the floor. Welcome to another episode of The Witcher. We have done three episodes so far. Uh, two just about the basic world of The Witcher, the books, the TV show, and the games, and how they kind of inter intercorrelate. We are now going to be diving deeper into the TV show. If you haven't seen it and you want to go watch it, if you've already watched it or you don't care, we're going to give you some extra exposition kind of on everything that happened in that first season to prepare you for the second season. Uh, Joe? Is there a name for this realm or this universe or anything? They refer to it as the continent. Like the, the, the place they live on, they simply call it the continent because there's so much disagreement as to what it is, right? Because everybody had their own name. And then, of course, each kingdom has their own names. But as far as like, like you know, I, I've, I've never encountered a name for the world, but the piece of uh, uh, the, the continent where they live is simply referred to as the continent. So for all intensive purposes, groundlings, we're on the continent. <laughs> there you go. The so, floor is on the continent. Yes. Uh, okay, so uh, it, we'll be diving into episode three uh, of the TV series, which will be our fifth episode in The Witcher, because we had two just kind of introducing you to the world. And within this episode, we will be following two of our three main characters, Yennefer and Geralt. Now, as the episode plays out... Just to cover, Yennefer is the sorceress. witch mag sorceress, yes. yeah. and, and Geralt is the witcher, witcher mutant. Yep. I'm so sorry. We said we were going to do this, and we forgot to do this. Um, normally, at the beginning of our new episodes, we'll go over kind of the names we're going to go talk about, or that we have talked about, just for a recap. The Witcher, Geralt, is the main character, and he is a Witcher. Uh, Ciri, or Cirilla, is um, a young the heir child. Of, heir of Sintra, yep. Yes. yep. And then we have Yennefer, Yennefer, who, she's a witch, or a sorceress. Yeah. yeah. Um, any other big points that we want to go over real quick, just to, so people know? So, and we'll talk about Nilfgaard, which is, uh, will eventually become the largest and most powerful nation in the whole continent. And Nilfgaard is not the church, but right. the church works with Nilfgaard. Yes, kind of. Like, not, not any really direct way. Okay, okay. All right, just... I mean, try, they're, they're in Nilfgaard. Okay. So, uh, okay, so... Um, so, yeah, so we're following Yennefer and Geralt, and the show will intersplice their, their stories uh, as, as they go back and forth. But chronologically... 
Yennefer's story is still taking place long before Geralt's story will take place. So I'm going to cover them chronologically. Okay? Okay, so who, whose story are we going to first? Yennefer. Okay. She, so, she's old. Yes. yes. By the so, end of this so, story. Yeah, so uh, our, our big moment that the whole season builds to is the Battle of Sodden Hill. And like we said, Yennefer's story tar- starts 70 to 80 years before Sodden Hill. And Geralt starts between 40 and 50 years before Sodden Hill. And we and, covered that one in The Crossing of the Streams. Yeah, The Crossing of the Streams. So, uh, yeah, so Yennefer is still at uh, at the... So, just a short summary of hers. She is still at the uh, magic school learning to use magic. Uh, she will be finishing her education there. Um, and then she will take on a physical transformation in the form of enchantments. And then she will take her place in the royal court. Those are the plot points that cover her story in this episode. And then uh, for Geralt, he will be lifting a curse from a Striga that is a princess who has, has been transformed into this monster. So he'll be restoring her to her human form. And she will be heir to the throne of Tamaria. Which Tamaria. He, so Tamaria is important because of the northern kingdoms, of the kingdoms north of the dividing river that split, kind of splits the continent in two. Um, so Nilfgaard, when they conquer Sintra, Sintra is the last kingdom south of the Yaruga, which is the name of the river, right? Okay. okay so there's a huge river, almost like the Mississippi, that kind of splits the continent in two. And because it's such a big river, there are very few places you can cross it, which is why the Battle of Sodden Hill is such a big battle. It is the fortress just across the bridge that crosses the Yaruga River. Okay, so Nilfgaard has to cross at Sodden Hill or one other place in Rivia. Those are the only two places they can cross to the Northern Kingdoms. And that's why it's so important, this this battle at Sodden Hill, is because this they're is what, now yeah. taking it, over an access point. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to get an access point, yeah. So, uh, when Sintra falls, that is all of the southern kingdoms now belong to Nilfgaard, right? And, uh, so in the northern kingdoms, Tamaria is the strongest of these northern kingdoms. Okay. Okay. So they're, they're very important in that form. So, okay. So, uh, yeah. So, but, uh, the northern kingdom of Tamaria does not have an heir as she is currently trapped in the form of a Striga, which is a kind of monster, right? Right, we covered what that was. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's back up for a second. So are we Are we just kind of, whose story are we going to talk about right now? So we're going to talk about Yennefer's first because chronologically this is... Okay, you know, let's stick to that one uh, right. just, to, just to make it a well, little easier. Because there's a lot of words that Eli yeah. will probably want to ask about. So Okay, so, uh, so as we're going through uh, Yennefer's timeline, they will be discussing where they're going to appoint each of these new graduating uh, wizards and sorcerers. Um, because they have what is called the chapter, right? So you have the brotherhood, that is the male mages in their school, and then you have the sisterhood, which is the female mages and their school, Eretuza, right? Right, and you mentioned that they, they separate. Yeah, they're separated out like that. So mm-hmm. the chapter is then the combination of the leaders of these two schools. So this is like a, a group of graduated mages that form up the chapter and their goal is political influence and power right 
And so, like I said, they the, like the Jenny Bezeret. They kind of have <laughs> this. Say that. <laughs> yeah, they they're trying to put one of their mages as an advisor to every king or queen in the continent. So they have that position of power right next to every ruler. And what they're offering is, hey, this person can do magic. Magic. What do you do? Like them by your side? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, so our first timeline point is where we see a meeting of the chapter. And they're talking about where they're going to be putting these new young mages that are graduating. And in it, they will mention a couple kings and queens that are names we haven't really heard before and aren't hugely important, but they help establish our timeline. So they will talk about the kingdom of Sintra that is currently ruled by King, King Daggerod. Now, that name, you've never heard it before. You will never hear it again. But Daggerod has a daughter named Calanthe. And Calanthe has a granddaughter named Cirilla or Suri, right? Okay. So okay. That, that, that establishes just how far back we are in the timeline. And right? we, we are at a moment where Cirilla's grandmother is still a child, right? That's how far back we are. Okay. And is it her sorcery that makes her live a long time or she's just old? Calanthe's an old grandmother. When no, he means. Falls. Yeah. I think he means Yennefer. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, Yennefer. yeah. It's it's her magic that lets her live a long time. Yeah, but she's a combination of she looks young because of magic, but her magic is also extending her life. Yes. Okay, I, I just wanted to clarify that. Well, it's basically it, it's like a picture. It's just a still in time, so she just looks the same. Yeah, she won't age. Just this is just how she looks now. Yep. It's kind of Dorian Gray style. <laughs> whoever that is, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she can she can choose to look whatever age she wants to, but she always just looks like she's probably in her mid twenties, you know, prime okay. of life kind of thing. Um so yeah, so the next name we encounter in this meeting is King Fergus. And he is the current king of Nilfgaard, and we've talked about him before, but this is the first time they mention him by name. And he is the king who is spending the kingdom's money on women while his people are starving, right? And we've talked and about... And Eli said he's like a tyrant, and you were like, no, th- he's even worse, because he doesn't even care. He's yeah, he's like, not... Oh, I'm, I'm not hungry. He's not oppressing his people, he's ignoring his people. Right. Let them eat cake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, the peasants have no food. He's like, then let them eat cake. I got cake, right? We're good. Uh, 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 uh. I eat a cake every day. Let them eat cake every day. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's very much King Ferguson. Um, and we did talk about he will be overthrown by the usurper later, and then King Ferguson's son will come back and overthrow the usurper, and that will begin Nilfgaard conquering the world. So, again, this is just about us establishing these timelines. This is where we are at in the Yennefer timeline and how it's related to the Cirilla timeline and how it's related to the Nilfgaard timeline. So, we are, like I said, we're very far back with Yennefer at this moment. Okay. Then when she graduates, uh, we will have this great ball take place where all of these new sorcerers and sorcerers will be meeting the kings and queens of the continent and you know, meeting the ones that they will then go on to serve. And at that, we will meet two royal children that are going to be important to Geralt's storyline. And that is uh, Faltest and Ada. 
So at the time, they're still children, but Faltest will eventually become the king of Tamaria. Okay, and Tamaria is that powerful kingdom to the, the north. north. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Now, there's one point here that I do want to talk about. As Yennefer is graduating, she will undergo her enchantments, which will remove her hunchback. It will straighten her jaw. It will turn her from a disfigured uh, girl into a stunning, beautiful woman. Okay. But in, in, this, in the TV series, it comes at a price. It will make her sterile. Now, mm. this is different than the books. In the books, almost anyone who has magical abilities is sterile, with a rare exception. And Kind of how the witcher is sterile. Yeah, kind of how the witcher is sterile, yeah. So people with a lot of magical ability tend to be sterile. And they've even done experiments where they had those rare few that were not sterile, try to breed together and have children. And usually those children came out deformed and, you know, mentally handicapped and, and you know, just really didn't anything. But even far rarer than that, occasionally you can get two magical people having a child who is fully capable of magic. A super baby, if you will. <laughs> Wait, that's like our Dune episodes. <laughs> Super babies. Wait, back up for a second. Okay. What if, I know this is just random, but what if, hypothetically, um, the, now my words are gone. Um, what if the, the, when they do the transformation, not only does it change their face, but it also gives them magic, um, like imbued in them. That would also explain why they can use magic away from the tower. So, so what if like the giving up there, like making them sterile, also imbues them with magic or something? Uh, Saying it would actually make that's a good what if, but that's definitely not what what's going on in the story. Eli, you had a question. Yeah. So, uh, uh, after the collision of spheres, conjunction, conjunction of spheres, um, we now have monsters in the world. Can monsters reproduce? Uh, It seems like it. You know, the witchers aren't killing them off too fast because they're they're. Reproducing somehow, right? Okay, okay. Just, just no question. I, I, yeah, maybe it's so, a spawning pool. I don't know. You know, and we we will definitely see uh, dragons reproduce at one point in the story for sure. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, so and like I said, this is different than the books. Uh, whereas almost anyone with magic powers is sterile. Uh, but it's it. it I, I I think the difference is important in the show because. She makes a deliberate choice to become sterile, and that becomes a really big part of her story and, and her character. In the books or the TV show? In the TV show. So in the in the books, she's just sterile because she's, you know, got magical powers. Whereas here in the show, she makes a choice to become sterile because she doesn't want to be ugly anymore. And having a baby would make her ugly. No, being no, she's, ugly she's, makes her she's, she's hunched back, her jaw's cro- crooked, she, she's a tangled mess of a human at the moment. Okay. A lot of physical defects. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, and so that uh, that's kind of Yennefer's story and, and, the, and the big points there that we want to cover. And then we come back, we will talk about uh, Geralt's story in this episode and, and the exposition points to cover there. All right. Perfect. Uh, so we're going to be going into Geralt's storyline. Eli was a little confused about Tamaria. He's like, I, I, he's like, I have a word and that's like all I've got. Tamaria, powerful kingdom in the north. Um, and, and the reason I didn't dive into Tamaria more is because it's a big part of Geralt's storyline in this episode. So as I mentioned, okay. uh, so, um, as we come, as we join Geralt, 
there's a few points that happen that kind of help establish what's going on. So in the last episode, he meets Yaskier or Dandelion the Bard. And uh, like Geralt is poor and struggling. And, and is this like a D&D bard? Uh, well, he doesn't have magic powers. He just tells stories. Right? Okay, okay. So he, what, does he rock the loot? What's, what's he? Yeah, he's got a loot. He tells stories and makes money that way. Okay, so, all right, all right. Um, yeah, so uh, so he meets uh, Dandelion, and they kind of, you know, Dandelion decides he's going to follow him around and tell his stories, because they're real stories about real monsters and, and things that happen. And... Whereas before he was making up stories or just telling yeah. old stories that he's not a part of. So in the previous episode, when they meet Geralt, Dandelion is being mocked and laughed and they're throwing things at him in the bar. Things are not going well for him singing and telling his stories. He's he, bombing. He's bombing. Yeah. And Geralt tells him your stories stink because they're not real. They're not about real things. So he yeah. is making up stories. Okay. Yeah, just, just making up anything in nonsense. And, and it, it, it's really fun to note that Dandelion isn't even sad by that. He's like, oh, I guess I need to follow you around now. And Geralt's <laughs> yeah. like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Dandelion just decided they were best friends right there. Right like, there, yeah. Every introvert out there, I know you have at least one extrovert friend. This is probably how it happens. <laughs> oh, oh this, this is the uh, extrovert adopts an introvert. Yes. We're best friends now. <laughs> We're best no. friends now. Right. <laughs> I don't know your name. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. So at the beginning of this episode, Geralt is with a prostitute and she is going over his scars. And each time she sees one, she sings a small piece from one of Dandelion's songs. So we've reached a point where he is now a famous witcher. And she knows all the songs that tell the stories of the scars on his body. Oh, and so but, it's, it's, but they're dandelion songs. Yeah, because he's the he's the bard. He follows Geralt on the adventure and then sings the song of the story of what happened. Okay, so this isn't when they first meet. This yeah. is later. It's a down big road. jump. Yeah. Yeah. So it's showing yeah. we're jumping forward several years. He is now very famous as a witcher, and you know dandelion songs are famous as well because just this this prostitute that he's with. Knows all the songs that fit his scars because so he's famous. It was a good career move of Dandelion to start following him around because yes. now he's famous. Yes. I did not realize that uh, they were Dandelion songs. So that was really cool because I just thought they were songs, but that makes but, way more sense. Yeah. Is, yeah. is he the one that sing is, is throw a coin to your Witcher? Is that yeah. your Witcher? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. That, that okay. was his, so that was his that big song. break. That was when he went viral. He posted That's when he TikTok. went viral. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Ran with it. Yeah. So we see that that there's this jump forward, not just in time, but a, a transformation of of how the world sees and knows Geralt, um, happening here at the beginning of this episode. And uh, it is here from her that he hears about uh, this Witcher in Tamaria and, and, a, and a creature there. So Geralt goes to Tamaria to uh, deal with this, uh, particularly because he hears that the witcher there took the people's money and ran away with it. And so he's just embarrassed that a witcher did that, right? So he's going to defend the witcher name? Well, yes. I think he's embarrassed and a little okay. confused because yeah. it, it's probably pretty rare to hear that. So he, it's, it's yeah. rare enough. He's like, okay, I'm going to go check this out. Yeah. So uh, what actually like, like happened... Something's fishy? 
is that Witcher took the job and died. And we see this happen. Right? Ah. Now, there's an interesting thing that takes place here, and that is that the Witchers prepare certain potions based on what they're fighting, and the people are wrong about what the creature is. They... Oh, so they'll say it's a minotaur, but it's yeah. really manticore. Like something yeah. like they they don't so know hypothetically, enough. Hypothetically, if you take a potion that makes you really really fast, but like you can't look up or something, and then something or, flies or, down and picks you up or whatever. You take, you take a potion that makes you fast, but what you need is poison resistance, right, or something to that effect. Yeah. Just yeah. About, so yeah. When the first witcher's doing his interviews, he's told it's a vodlak, right? Vodlak. Uh, yeah, Vudlak. But what it actually is, is a Striga. So, unprepared for the right monster, he's killed. And Vudlak's uh. like werewolves or something, I think. Or, which is basically werewolf that gestates in the womb of a woman who dies. Yeah, so it's it's the eastern version of a werewolf. I guess, so, yes. Now well, and I think the big difference here woman. is, is uh, you know, the Vudlak the is, you know, a variant of, a, of werewolf, whereas the Striga is a variant of vampire, right? And so very different things ah, that they're going to be planning to it's fight. It's the eastern version, right? Yeah. Eastern version of a werewolf? So. The Vudlak? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so that's probably why that first witcher gets killed, is because he's just got bad information, right, going in. Right, Okay. So, and 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 Geralt got bad information because they're like he just disappeared. He just took the yeah. money and ran. He just and took he's the like, money and ran. Let me investigate. Oh, oh no, he died. That- yeah. So Geralt goes to take the job, and you know he's he's trying to make amends. He's going to do it for the third the price, and they only have to pay him, you know, after he slays the creature, and uh, the Striga. The Striga. Yeah. But then the 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 king and his his advisors just want to throw Geralt out be like no no you people robbed us we don't want anything to do with you after he does the job no no he, before he can even do the job they were just hiring him right there and they're like no no we don't want you in our kingdom you guys are trash so oh, okay. as he's leaving he will meet Triss Marigold and this is the first time we meet Triss and he meets Triss now in the books we never see him meet Triss Marigold. That's something that happens, off, you know, off page, so to speak. Oh, okay. And so, and in the books, uh, Geralt will have a romance with Triss that also takes place off page. Now, what they do in the Netflix series, we don't know if it'll come up or not. But the interesting thing is, as it stands right now, the only way to see any part of the romance between Triss and Geralt is to play the second game. That's the only place where we see this, this romance play out at all. So, because we did talk about how each has its own pieces of the story. Right, right, right. The The movies are different than the books. The books are different than the games. Everything is its own micro-realm. Oh, no, no. I, not, not, I don't think it's micro-realm. I think it more like you went to high school, and you went to college, and then you had a job after... Each of those are part of your life, but they're being told as individual stories, perhaps. Imagine On different you mediums. three different yeah. people write about your life, but like three different parts of your life. Yeah. So, so right, like somebody wrote stories. about it, somebody made a play about it, and yep. somebody made a game about it. Some of them will say the same things, like talk about the same stuff. Like with the Striga, you can play the first game, and it's all about the Striga. But here, we just see one episode. 
Yeah. Um, Joe, it, does the books – I know in the games Tris Marigold is a redhead. Is she a redhead in the books? Yes, she's a redhead yes. in the books okay. as well. Okay, because yeah. in the show she's not. And I know there's a lot of people who played the games who are – No, no, she's totally a redhead in the is show. Is she really? She didn't look yeah. like she was. Not the show. Not the show. Sorry, in the, in the, in the game. She's totally yeah, a redhead. Yeah, no, in the show she's not. That's what – yeah, in the show she's not a redhead. Would would you call her more ginger? I just like her hair doesn't look red in the in the show in the video game. She's a redhead. No, she's to, uh, to me she looked like a redhead. Is it <laughs> strawberry blonde? Like like I no, I don't it's too know. Dark. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it, is Marigold? Does she have any magic? Or yeah, she she's she she's a sorceress. We do not oh, know how okay. old Triss is, but we do know she is younger than Yennefer. That that's the only thing we know for sure. Okay. Can we assume that she's got the same enchantment of she's going to look young 20 no yeah, matter yeah. what? Yeah. Okay. She, she, okay. Triss will always look the way she looks. And does Triss know Yennefer? Yes, they're friends. They're friends. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Oh, wait, so, and, and, and Geralt likes both of them? Uh, well, I don't know how, I don't know how the show will approach the, these two romances. Um, but, you know, uh, in the books, Yennefer and Geralt have a tempestuous relationship, but they are kind of always bound to each other. And Triss is just like an affair he has in between there. That was an interesting word for toxic relationship. <laughs> so, but yeah, so, so yeah, so that's, that's how it plays out in the books is it's kind of always Geralt and Yennefer fighting and getting back together. And then, like I said, off page, there is reference to a romance that has happened between Triss and Geralt, but we never see anything on page. Right. That's not what the story is about, but it's part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So Triss is the one who educates Geralt that the Witcher was actually hired. He did do the job and just got killed trying to do it. And we do see from the interaction that not only is this a Witcher, this is a Witcher from the school of the wolf, the same school that Geralt is from. Don't remember you referencing the school of the wolf. So there, we talked about the five schools and the golden age of the witchers, and one of very the first episode. Okay, and then one of the schools is the wolf, and that is Geralt's school. And you can tell what school they attended by their ma- magical medallion. So all witchers wear a medallion. We talked about this before, and the medallion is to just like sense magic around yeah. them, so it kind of gives them a little heads warning. Up. Yeah, and all Forgot. of them have a different symbol based on the what school school they're in. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So so Triss hires him, and then we will meet uh, King Faltest, as Triss is the representative of the chapter to King Faltest. Now we met Faltest in Yennefer's t- line, but he was just a small boy. Now he is a middle aged king, right? So that's showing us just how far apart these two timelines are. He's gone from Maybe, you know, early adolescence to now maybe 50. So oh, poss- okay. possibly 40 years between where Yennefer's time the story takes place. A good lifetime Geralt's. worth. Yeah, yeah, because he's gone from a boy to a full-grown man, you know, over the hill. Could, so th- could be a grandpa by now. Yeah, could be a grandpa by now. He is, actually. He is a grandpa now. Oh, confirmed. So, oh, wait, sorry, sorry, no. No, 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 not grandpa, father. So he is a, he is okay. a father of a, of a teenager, at least, at this point. Okay. Um, so he, we meet King Faltest. Now, Faltest 
as far as I know, in both the games and in the show, he's never represented well. And I think part of that is, is that he has had an incestuous relationship with his sister, and that's how they made the Striga, right? Well, they had a child, and then, and then a curse was placed on him that turned that child into a Striga. Okay. okay. So, but also part uh, of the lore is that King Faltest is, he is the king of one of the, of the strongest nation in the north, but he built that nation. He may be a terrible brother and father, but he is a good king. Like and, he, and that's he, the... Or he was. He's not at this point when he's so, being apathetic as a leader. So, yeah, so he, it, well, and this plays out differently here in the show than it does elsewhere, right? In, in the other places where the story takes place, Faltest is a very good king. His people appreciate him. He takes good care of them, and he grows his nation and economy very well, right? Oh, interesting. So, so in the show, they kind of took it slightly different. So in the show, he's not great, yeah. To be hey. fair, they're doing more seasons, so they can turn him around. Yeah, yeah. You know, he had a, you know, dip, which makes sense. So, uh, and and this kingdom is the northern kingdom. What again? Tamaria. Tamaria. Okay. Yeah, so this is the northern kingdom of Tamaria. Um, so now Faltest, as far as the people know, doesn't have an actual heir until they reveal that oh he had incest with his sister, and the Striga is actually the heir to the throne. So Geralt. Oh. Uh, then learn, you know, he figures, he figures, you know, he does his research, unlike the other witcher who just went out to kill the creature. Um, and then he figures out it's not a Vodlak, it's a Striga. There's a curse. We got to break it. He figures out the details of the curse and then he goes on and breaks that curse. And so what happens is you then get the Striga turns into a girl who's, you know, early to mid teens. And as as Geralt puts it, he's like, she's never lived a normal day in her life. You know, she has always been that monster and only knows those cravings and urges. And she's now the heir to the throne of Tamaria. But she was raised a Striga. Yeah. So she's not even raised. She She was was born a Striga. Striga. So, like, she was born a feral monster. Yeah. Which probably doesn't look good for the kingdom that this is the heir. Yeah. And even though the curse is broken, right? The psychological. Yeah. yeah. The, the fact that she's never been raised as a human at all, had no education or anything, like has no understanding of human customs or culture or even language. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of problems here. But Geralt's lifted the curse and the show then moves on. Like I said, but the first game, if you want to know the rest of the story, of what happens to this princess who has come from this life. That is the story of the first game. Right. And that's just called the Witcher. Uh, yeah. The Witcher. And that will then follow the story of the princess of Tamaria and, and what happens with the kingdom and King Faltest and all of that after this moment. But in the show, Geralt, you know, he's done his job. He, you know, ended the curse and he moves on. Does he get paid or does he get yeah, he gets he gets paid. Okay. I, I and this is when he picks up Dandelion. No, he picked up Dandelion in the previous episode. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that right. was just, he was more referencing the fact that Dandelion's songs are now being sung. Yeah. They're now widely powerful. known. Yeah. yeah. They, they went from him being, you know, made fun of in a pub to being sung because they're that good. 
so I, I want to know if this was just the show having fun. Did the book or the move or did the book or the game have any uh, indication of Geralt biting the the girl back like they did so, in the show? Uh, no, she does in in the book. She does bite him, and it nearly kills him. Um, but uh, yeah, what girl bites him? So, so the princess Riga, after she turns back to a human, she, she still him. all she has is feral. She's you know, still, in her brain. She's still that monster. And yeah, she, like, she still has vampire fangs. Like, no, well, no, she no. Just she's got vampire brain teeth. power. Yeah, she got vampire no, imagine, brain. Imagine literally being a werewolf your entire life, or a feral monster that hunts people. You wake up as a human. You still like have that urge to yeah. hunt, right? Or to she attack. Thinks she still has fangs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just got human chompers. And so she. Yeah. Bites down on Geralt, and so yeah. he, in the show at least, bites back, which I just think is hilarious because it's just instinctual. It's like a human's biting me. Ah! Yeah. They got in a bite fight. Yeah, <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and then the final scene brings us back to Cirilla or Suri, right? So this is the heir to the throne of Sintra. Her country was overthrown. She escaped, has fled. She's a refugee. She's being hunted. She found a friend and an elf. Um, and, uh, then the camp, the refugee camp where they were staying gets attacked by the army of Nilfgaard and they escape and they're just kind of, you know, running away. And that brings us to where we are with Cirilla right now. And she just wakes up, uh, you know, on this frost covered ground. And there is what seems like a magical voice calling her toward a forest. And. As she gets closer, the ground is covered in skeletons, with the arrows still protruding out of the bones. And when her elf friend tries to stop her from walking towards this forest, he gets shot at with arrows until they hit him. And uh, she is fine. Nobody shoots arrows at her or anything. She just walks towards this forest just fine. Now, what it appears to be is that it's something to do with her magical abilities that's enabling this. But that's actually not what's happening. The reason she can walk towards this forest just fine is that this is the forest of Brokilon, and it is filled with dryads. They are the ones who are shooting the arrows at the elf boy trying to get in. And there are two ways that dryads reproduce. One is they will either kidnap or allow a single male to enter the forest, and then he will breed a certain number of dryads so that they know they can take care of them while they're pregnant. And the second way they can reproduce is if they get a young girl who's not a woman yet to come into the forest, they can feed her the water of Brokilon and it will transform her into a dryad. And so they will let young girls just walk into the forest. Whereas if any man tries to come in uh, and they're not ready for that, they'll just kill them, which is where all these bodies are coming from. Wow. Okay. And 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 what what's a dryad in this world? I know dryads, but but... Very much the same thing, you know, they're, they're not quite tree spirits, they're, you know, a kind of creature, and they very much are still, you know, they love the trees, and they work with the trees, and are very much Imagine connected like to the forest. Imagine like an eco-friendly elf, is what so, it looks like, you know, like, okay. kind of what it, like, the theme of it is, like eco-friendly. Forest elf, kind of. Yeah. So, but, well, they're they're women only, though, so more of an yeah, Amazon. So, but yeah. Okay. But yeah. that's, yeah, the Amazonian, uh, what else? So. Okay. And and are these young women like uh, like 
experiencing like some kind of hypnosis or anything. So it seems like it's kind of having a hypnotic effect, pulling her in towards the forest. Okay. Okay. Like siren music or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, and that's why she can get in and is even called to the forest, whereas he can't is because they're trying to get this young girl to come in because they can make her into a dryad. Okay. All right. That's, that's where it ends. And that's, that's kind of all the backstory and, and the lore that you need for that episode. Eli, we talked about the uh, the mage school, so the male and female chapters. Right. Uh, we talked about uh, how Yennefer had a body change to look beautiful. Um, uh-huh. The one thing we didn't mention, Joe, is she actually didn't go to the awakening or whatever it was called, the ceremony. Yeah. And so she actually had to go. So there was a ceremony when like, you go to – like graduation basically – uh, and from magic to, school? Yeah, from magic school. It's like, oh, yeah, you're done. You're going to go work here now. Like, your externship is starting. Okay. And so you're going to go work for this city or that city. And she actually failed to appear because they switched where she was going and she got angry. Um, and then she went and talked to the guy who changes your stuff, like the guy who's in charge of that, uh-huh. uh, that transitioning process. And she did it without any of the pain medicine. Um. Which yeah. was just important because it was signifying she is, you know, tough and strong and whatever. She did it because she didn't want – she didn't yeah. have time. Well, I, I was trying to only cover the plot points that also had lore and backstory. I think that one's just show. important just because it's, it's, it's validating Yennefer as just like a very strong woman character. Okay. I see this, is, this is just this, – she is, she is very powerful and you can try and mess with her, but she'll make it on her own with or without you. That was okay. kind of the theme of that one. We talked about Geralt. He, um, another plot point we didn't talk about that was really important was he talked to the king um, about how he tried and failed to save a princess once before, referring to Renfrey. Renfrey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Geralt yeah, did. Yeah, because okay. he, he killed Renfrey, remember? And she was his what if. Like, I yeah. can't live life like that. And so that's why it was so important for him to save the Striga because he is not that kind of person that just sits around and lets evil happen. He's decided that he will step in and help. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was his growth and that was important there. And then we did talk about Siri going into the woods and that was, that was it. Any questions? This one was kind of a whirlwind. <laughs> uh, we went a lot of places, but uh, I, I, I think, I think I, I I think a lot of information got through. I'll say that. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. So, so yeah. So our big time. points are, you know, Yennefer is many years before, uh, you know, Nilfgaard is still being ruled by its original royal family, um, mm-hmm. King Fergus. He will be overthrown, and the usurper will take his place. Now that the usurper will be in power when Geralt goes to Temeria. So we'll even hear the the miners who are taking up a collection to kill the Vudlak. They will when they when when they miners is in people who dig up ore. Yeah, yep. yeah. So there's it a bunch was the, of, it was the community. Yeah, the community there in in Tamaria, they're getting ready to revolt against their king for not taking care of the Vudlak uh, when Geralt shows up, and they talk about the fact that the usurper overthrew King Fergus of Nilfgaard, so they can do the same to King Faltest. Right, ah. they're ready to do that, but it but it creates that timeline where we see 
when we're looking at Geralt's story, Nilfgaard is currently being ruled by the usurper, no longer the royal family of Nilfgaard. Okay. That's confusing. Yeah, the timeline is like super, super flippy all over the place. We'll talk about the timeline at the beginning of the next episode just to keep it clear. But yeah, so I, I tried to talk about Yennefer first because her story takes place, you know, like 40 years before Geralt's does right here. Right, right. Tacking it chronologically, yeah. yeah. So, but it's, but I mean, the only way to really tack it like, chronologically would be to tell you all of Yennefer, all of Geralt, and then all of Surrey. That's Which, the only thing. Like, honestly, we true. might want to do at the end of this. That's true. Yeah. Just, just to make it really easy, just because we're we're talking about like, if you watch the show, great. Here's kind of how it plays out and what you need to understand. But if you haven't at all, or it's still confusing, this is the actual you know, chronological order for everything. And yeah. Can, I, yeah. Uh, I think at the very end, we'll definitely do that. Be like, here is, you know, everything in its chronological order, just quick summaries. So we'll talk about all of it, but then in the end, we're going to give a chronological summary. Yeah. Yes. And which we will be expect that. super beneficial for you, Eli, because you'll know all the names already. You'll be familiar with most of the concepts. And then, so when we go through it perfectly chronologically, you'll pick up real quick. Perfectly. Huh? And perfectly. so our listeners, hopefully, Joe, what are we talking about next week? Next week, we will we'll go into the next episode. Um, this will cover a lot more about the dryads of Brokilon, and they will begin to learn some things about Cirilla as they try to feed her the water and turn her into a dryad. Um, okay. we will, so we're uh, going to primarily be following Cirilla next, next time. Cirilla, and I think Geralt. I think those are our two big ones next episode are Cirilla and Geralt. And I believe this is the episode where we will learn... Why Cirilla belongs to Geralt. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, we did talk about that a little bit, Eli. A little bit, yeah. Okay. Surprise. Until next time. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Leave us a review. Tell us why you like listening to us. Is it our awesome deep dives? Is it our amazing back and forth? Is it our charming good looks? What would you like us to add or change? You can put that in the review as well. We read reviews. Yeah, and if you're going to be leaving us a review telling us what you like about it, maybe you even want to share the content with your friends. Uh, like and share on social media. You can join us on Twitter and Facebook. We post memes. And we actually started a Discord, so come play with us. So uh, a lot of the worlds we cover have a retcon. Uh, if you're not familiar with that term, it's reconstruction. Or sometimes we might uh, use a bad source for some of our lore research. And if that happens, uh, feel free to email us at floorfantasyandlore at gmail.com. That is floor spelled F-L-O-R-E, fantasyandlore at gmail.com. And if you're angry enough, we'll read it on the air. (laughs) Yes, we will. Also, the treasure room is now available. We have locked a few secrets for everything we cover in there. And each week... We add more. And uh, you can find the treasure room on patreon.com backslash floor fantasy and lore. And how do you spell that, Aaron? That's lore with an F at the beginning. So it sounds like floor, but it's not the floor you're thinking because it's our floor. uh, We hope you enjoyed your time on the floor. Uh, Think about your favorite part of the episode. Now think about your nerdiest friend. Who is it? What is their name? They want to know about the floor. Stop holding out on them. Go and tell them about your favorite part. Because all of this is more fun together.